0: This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the dude. Hey, bartender. Hey, bartender. Hey bartender. Have me a drink. Have me a drink. A reason, reason that I'm here. It's not time to think. Welcome back Overweight to Hey Bartender to the Podcast. I am your bartender really for the evening. You can call me the dude or you can call me Anthony if you're good with names. How's everybody doing? It is Saturday night and it's, uh, well, weather's a little schizophrenic where I'm at. I don't know where, uh, what's going on anywhere else in the world. Kind of sheltered out here. I live out in, well, uh, like was once said by, uh, a master of the Jedi arts. If you, if there's a bright side of the universe, you're on the planet that is farthest from, well, uh, West Texas ain't much going on in West Texas. But uh, hope everybody out there is doing all right, and uh, so, you know, once we get all these pleasantries out of the way, let's get started with today's drink special. Pulled this off Instagram from a profile named Let's Turn Up. Uh, who, whoever does this calls it the Drunk Gator. Uh, how you make the Drunk Gator uh, is one ounce white rum, one ounce gin, half ounce blue carousel, and two ounces of orange juice. Looks like it'd be a good one that you throw in your shaker, sh- shake the shit out of it, and pour it in a bucket full of ice. And, you know, it looks like it'd be a nice refreshing drink, especially we're coming up on the springtime here, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, you know, you need something that keep you cool, keep you in a good mood. Uh, garnish it and, uh, you know, make it look, you know, summer-like type of thing. Uh, this guy uses a cherry and an... Uh, either a lemon or an orange the pictures kind of um pictures kind of weird me out so uh no it's definitely a lemon but don't worry if you want to see what it looks like i will put a picture of it up on instagram when i post this new podcast for you guys and uh hey uh check it out a little bit later on in the show we're going to be listening to a single called teenage insurrection from rob hawkins and the do good assassins so stick around for that By the way, I can't wait. i got to say something about it right now. This episode of Hey Bartender Podcast is brought to you by Diageo Bar Academy. I'll be talking a little bit more about that in a little bit later on in the episode. But I am thrilled right now that I've got uh, somebody that's sponsoring. Even if it's uh, for a few episodes for a short period of time, I'm just thrilled that I'm able to uh, be able to get a sponsor and uh, be able to bring some new information or new product out to you people. So uh, we'll be talking about Di- uh, Diageo Bar Academy a little bit for the next few weeks, And uh, but I'll give you some small details at every podcast. Cool? Cool. So anyway, this week's uh, episode, uh, it was pretty much just uh, thought up on the fly. I was talking with an old friend over the weekend, and she and I were just joking around. She didn't really know me back when I was a bartender, but she's uh, actually been on the show before, Cynthia Torres. And, you know, I just gave her uh, gave her a call. We caught up for a little bit. And, you know, we talked about her karaoke days. We talked about my bartending days and stuff that I'm doing nowadays. And uh, she started asking a lot of questions about me being a bartender. And I'm sitting there going, just listen to the podcast. Every story I tell on there is true. And she kind of challenged me. She was sitting there kind of saying, but you never really talk about uh, hooking up or anything like that. And I said, well, there's really not to talk about. She's like, what are you talking about? And it's a bartender's hookup all the time. And I said, well, I didn't really because I was really shy. I know there were girls that were really friendly to me, but it never crossed my mind that they might be interested in me in any other way other than, hey, you're a cool bartender. If you ask my friend Shannon, she she would totally tell you guys that uh, in order for a girl to let me know that she likes me, she'd have to hit me over the head with a two-by-four. And, you know, I'm going to invite Shannon back here pretty soon. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'll get her to confirm that so you guys know I'm not lying. But uh, Cynthia was actually making kind of making fun of me a little bit because just known me long enough. She knows I get nervous around women and, try, uh, you know, try to hide the f- fact that my hands are shaking or stay quiet so I don't say something stupid. And she uh, she's only realized these things only recently. But uh, when she was, we were talking about, she's like, you never talk about any of the hookups that you did while you were bartending. I said, well, I really didn't have any. And she's like, what? You weren't a bar slut. And I'm like, no, unfortunately, no, I am. Damn it. Uh, I, you know, I just wasn't raised that way. My dad uh, always treated my mother with the utmost respect and they're still together. And, uh, you know, I learned pretty much everything I know about women from him. And, and the key thing that he always taught me was to be respectful. And, you know, that's not really hard to do. Plus, going to school, uh, from pretty much second grade all the way up through high school, boys were outnumbered by men because, uh, by women because, uh, the schools that I went to uh, were formerly all girls' schools, but they started bringing boys in. But they were only bringing them in one class at a t- one or two classes at a time. So all throughout my grade school and high school career, I was constantly outnumbered by women. And so the idea of being sexist or uh, only men can do that. Maybe it crossed my mind a little bit here and there. I honestly don't remember. I'm just c- covering all my bases here, but it was it was tough to even debate that in my head that uh, you know uh, guys are better than girls because shit uh, in high school there were girls that ran circles around the guys that played basketball and uh, some girls that could throw us uh, throw a baseball uh, way faster than any of the baseball teams. Women that were smarter, women that were worked harder. You know, it it was, you know, it being sexist really didn't ever pop into my head just because I had witnessed in great numbers what women can do. But I'm not saying that I was surrounded, uh, surrounded by really tough women all the time. And I mean, they were all very feminine. They were, uh, and they respected the guys. For the most part, but we were easily ignorable, uh, just because there were so few of us. So, you know, when there's honestly my uh, freshman year in high school, uh, it was a class of seventy five and only eighteen guys, and so we, you know, we were heavily outnumbered. We're uh, there were times where I felt like the guys kind of had a bundle together in order to survive, Uh, but the girls treated us with respect. But since there were only 18 of us. None of us really got together or hooked up with any of them unless there was a special event coming up like uh, semi-formal or prom. uh, One thing that I'll never forget in uh, my junior year, uh, still the ratio was huge uh, of uh, women to men in my class. And... Uh, they actually, the school actually debated on only allowing my school students to go to prom. You, they weren't, nobody was allowed to invite anybody else except for students that went to our school. And even I knew that was a dumb, really dumb idea. I mean, there were, uh, that we would have to go two girls for every guy, which, you know, doesn't sound like a horrible idea, but it's, it's unfair to the girls, I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna stand up and stick up for them and go. Listen, uh, that means only about twenty five percent of the girls will be able to have a date for prom. We can't only limit ourselves to people that go to school here. But then all of a sudden, one girl stood up and said, uh, before I could stand up for the girls, she goes, "But all the guys here are dorks." And then I just, I looked at my buddy and I, uh, he gave me that look like, okay. And I then in my head I sat down and I thought, well, you're on your own. But that's where all the respect and everything started for me. I mean, I had an older sister, so I learned a lot of things from her. Of, uh, you know, her boyfriend didn't like it when she did uh, when he did that, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, or I walk down the halls and see a girl crying because some guy did something to her, and I say, okay, that's not going to work out. But the thing was uh most of the guys that i went to school with we were you know outnumbered heavily but we were still very protective of the girls that we went to school with even though most of them didn't need it at all there's one girl i remember that was probably stronger and more uh agile without you know, without being a gymnast uh than anybody that I've ever met personally in, in life, uh, and, I, and I'm not saying that she was like roided out or her body was chiseled or anything. She still, uh, she still had a. Oh, that that phrase is going to get me in trouble. isn't it, I should edit that out, but I'm not going to. She still had a very feminine body, but uh, she, you know, she her body wasn't chiseled. But she, well, she was a swimmer, and uh, and she was always, always, always in great shape. So, uh, I mean, there was one day where I even decided to yell at one of my classmates because he kept smacking her in the leg with something that he made in art class, some kind of stuff, animal. And she asked him to stop twice. And for me, that's enough. You know, was, and then I turned around and said, hey, when a girl says stop, you stop. And he backed off. Now, there was no fight. He understood. Uh what, uh, he, at that point understood what he was doing. Uh, and so he stopped and walked away and I, I guess it was heard around, uh, around that, uh, junior hall because, uh, I years later. I talked to another friend that I went to high school with and she's like, Oh, I remember that. And I was like, really? And, uh, so that, that weirded me out. Cause I couldn't even remember if she was at school that day. Uh, sorry, Heather, but, um, you know, that's, that's where it all started for me, you know, treating women with respect, uh, you know, lessons from my dad, less, uh, lessons from watching the girls around school. I was a very quiet guy in school, but the girls pretty much knew they could trust me and could talk to me about anything. And I sit there and listen. And, uh, most of the time I kept my mouth shut one, because uh, most of the girl, most of the girls I went to school with were very pretty. Actually, all of them were. And, uh, I was always afraid of saying something stupid around them. And, uh, you know, it was just my thing. And, you know, you want to, uh, uh, the, these girls, they wanted to talk to somebody that was non judgmental and wanted, just wanted, uh, somebody to listen to them. That was me and my friend, Jeff and richard well anyway uh a lot of us guys were like that and uh, i can honestly say that majority of the boys that we uh, i went to school with in high school treated the women with the utmost respect how uh however there were one or two bad seeds here uh here and there but we don't need to get into that so years later uh after uh, getting unceremoniously asked to leave high school and uh, realizing that college really because I left high school, got my GED and uh, you know studied audio production for a little while, well, went to community college and then started debating, you know, is school really for me because I'm having a hard time paying attention. I'm hard, having a hard time keeping up. And so, so I start, you know, run out and start getting a job. And then the whole cycle starts over again. I go, uh, my first real job where I had to fill, fill out a W-2 was for McDonald's. And uh, I treated the girls there with nothing but respect constantly. And a lot of them greatly appreciated that. Some of them were really weirded out by it. And, uh, but there uh, came... Came to a point where uh, I realized one, I didn't know how to make the first move on any women, still don't, and two, some of the women uh, just kind of played with played with me, and not in a sexual way or anything like that, but it was a mind game, and so it became uh, really difficult for me to think that I could possibly. Uh, date anybody I mean there was one girl uh, who I completely blew it with she had one of her friends give me her phone number and me being paranoid I uh, thought this must be a joke her friend's probably trying to set her up and gave her phone number to me uh, without asking her thinking that we'd be a cute couple okay the problem was I actually liked the girl but for some reason I was just like no this is fake there's somebody's trying to pull a fast one on me Turned out she liked me too, but, uh, I completely blew it with her. Uh, I can think, uh, uh, she, I think she, we hung out a couple times, but I never made a move on her. So she, uh, pretty much moved on. Uh, then there was another girl who I asked out on a date like twice and she ditched me both times. Uh, I didn't have a car at the time. She would have had to drive. And the first first time I uh she we agreed it okay, tonight, let's go out, seven o'clock. She was like, Cool. And then uh she said, Cool, I'll give you a call. And then seven o'clock ca- came, seven o'clock went, and I changed my clothes back to my uh uh regular how I dress regularly and I watch TV all night. And then the next week I see her and she goes, Oh, I'm so sorry, I got uh I had something to do that night let's try again this weekend what do you say tonight seven o'clock and I said sure why not sounds like fun and that night I was I didn't even change I uh I was in shorts a ratty t-shirt watching Star Trek uh and uh and my dad would come up to me and he goes uh didn't you say you had a date tonight and I said yeah but she's gonna ditch me And he's like, how do you know? And I said, she did last time. And then 7 o'clock came, 7 o'clock went, and my dad showed pity on me. And I was just like, yeah, I was expecting that. She tried that a couple more times. But eventually, I lost interest. I was like, this is stupid. So I moved on. Then I had a girlfriend for a little over three years while I was going to uh, uh, the Art, uh, Art Institute and uh, everything was going really well. Eventually, I finished, up at the, uh, finished what I could do at the Art Institute. Uh, once again, school was just a little bit too much for me, uh, especially since uh, college students or vocational school students, are most of them live pretty much under the poverty line, and I was uh, having a hard time uh, scrounging up money to live. And because I knew that if I got a job and then went to school at the same time, one of those was going to suffer. I was going to be either too tired from studying to go to work or too tired from working to go to school. And what wins every time? Sleep. But a little bit later on, after uh, going through a couple jobs that uh, I just couldn't hack it at, I saw an advertisement in uh, in the local newspaper or was a commercial on TV or something like that for bartending school. And I thought, well, bartending, I can do that. So I took the two week course, their job placement assistance uh, just sucked. And I ended up, uh, being a banquet bartender for a little while. Then I got my first job as a full fledged bartender behind a bar in an actual bar restaurant. And when I first got there, it was, you know, a huge culture shock, first of all, because uh, there were tons of people and I was just slinging drinks as fast as I could. Didn't have really any time to talk to anybody. And since I was new, I didn't know what to talk about because like I, like I said, I've always told you guys, I do not talk about sports. And then all of a sudden there's two guys sitting at my bar, one with the Seahawks uniform basically uniform but it was seahawks parka seahawks uh pants seahawks baseball jacket with a seahawks watch and then there was a guy dressed exactly the same but cowboys and uh you know I i can't talk about football with these guys i don't know shit about football it was a lot of stuff like that trying to get to know these people and at first you know generic conversations trying to be nice And, uh, that was getting me by as far as I could tell, but sure, there were uh, a lot of really, really pretty girls that hung out and that's, uh, hung out in my bar. There was a problem. Uh, the first problem that I first saw is that everybody in the bar knew each other. They had all gone to high school with with each other, possibly even grade school with each other. And so they weren't really all into talking to somebody new, you know, they, they were having trouble wanting to talk to me because they didn't know me as much as I was having with them. But at the girl, at the time I had a girlfriend and you know, I wasn't, I'm not the type of guy uh, that uh, would uh, cheat on her and uh, during that job. And so I, you know, just pretty much stuck to myself and, uh, uh, with a little bit of help from Shannon, learned learned a little bit more about customer service. But after a incredible fight and breakup that I had with my girlfriend, uh, I don't even remember why we totally broke up. It might have been my fault, don't know. But um, that's when I started thinking, okay, uh, got to start, you know, putting put myself out there again, and. Once again, I realized I don't know how to talk to women. I don't know how to start a conversation. I don't want to use pickup lines, but everything I say could be construed as a pickup line. So how the fuck does this dating thing work anymore? Then um, then one of the regular customers that I had, I always thought she was really pretty. Uh, she she uh, came into my bar regularly and she always had a pretty smile on her face. And every time I saw her, I'd wave, I'd smile at her, and she'd smile back. And uh, it, you know, I tried to be nice to her, but the, uh, there was an issue because uh, issue with her, uh, I don't want to say her personal values, but it was like family traditions, I think it would, a uh, good thing to say. Because uh, her Uh, her family, uh, uh, originated in the Russia area. I don't know which area of Russia, but, uh, they, there was a large Russian community that lived nearby my bar and, uh, she pretty much, um, didn't really, I never saw her on a date ever. And you know, I just smile, strike up a little bit of conversation, a little bit with her. Try some uh, Russian phrases that I pretty much learned off of Billy Joel's uh, Live and Rush of DVD, like uh, "speciba," spes, um, which I guess means "hi," "hello," something like that, or "may I samut Anthony, which I think if I said it right probably means uh, "my name is Anthony." And she corrected me on my pronunciation, and which I probably lost all of that, and my pronunciation is uh, horrible. So, anybody that lives in the uh, Russia or any of the outlying areas, uh, if you're laughing at me, laughing at me right now for trying to say a phrase in Russian, feel free to go for a full-on belly laugh. Uh, just have fun with it. But once again, I never made a move on that girl, just because. I started thinking, well, you know, if I fool around with the girls in my bar, then there's a possibility that I could lose business. I could make the bar look bad. I could, you know, the reputation of the bar could go. But little did I know that all um, majority of male bartenders reputations are that they're bar sluts. And, but I was like the absolute worst at it when I was single. And it was tough to uh, try to talk to a girl, be, uh, because majority of the time the girls came in with a group, and they were there to shoot pool. And the pool tables were really far away from the bar, and I didn't wander outside the bar very often, maybe to pick up a few uh, pieces of glassware, empty an ashtray. Well, I was horrible at emptying ashtrays. Uh, you know, most by the end of the night, the ashtrays were usually uh, fl- overflowing. But uh, you know, I didn't really try to strike up a conversation I'd walk by maybe say hi and because if they were with a group of girls that usually means that they just want to be with the girls that night no guys no guys you know just us girls we have fun we listen to journey on the jukebox and uh you know if a guy comes near us we tase him. you know that that sort of thing or the girls were with a guy and I didn't know what their relationship was and I'm not about to hit on a girl uh, in front of her boyfriend or let alone even who has a boyfriend because I, I, me personally, I think that's disrespectful to the guy. I don't care what the status of their relationship is, whether she's, uh, completely unhappy or he, what, you know, or if they're really doing well, I don't care. Um, I do not hit on girls that are in a relationship. And then it uh, anybody that knows me uh, would say that shows because uh, I'll I'll talk to a girl for a long time, gather information from her, and and when I realize that I've got the information that I need, like she's single, uh, she has she has a good job, uh, she's smart, she's funny. I uh, once I get all that uh, get all that information, then I start to. Give a few subtle hints. You know, t- tell them that they're pretty. Tell them, um, you know. Well, I yeah, pretty was pretty generic. Uh, they look great that night because they're you know because there were times where I'd see these girls coming in their work uniforms, then all of a sudden they dress up to go out on a Thursday night, and they look incredible. But I you know I just like wow, you look great tonight, and they, oh thanks, and uh you know starting a conversation in a bar that had four pool tables that that was kind of tough for a bartender to try to strike up a conversation some girls came up and sat uh, came up and sat at the bar every now and then uh and I would talk to them a little bit but it would be short uh answer, re- replies to me you know it's, hey how you girls doing fine okay that usually tells me that they're not interested in uh you know other than just saying talking to each other and then fending off all the guys that kind of wander up behind, uh, in behind them and in between them saying, Hey, what are you girls up to tonight? And them with a completely disgusted look on their face, you know, Oh God, another one of these guys. I in fact, I remember one night I was working with another guy. He was like, Hey, I think I know those girls. Can, can you do me a favor and go over there and see if uh, the one on the right is married. And I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. Okay, weird, but uh, I walked over to the girls and I said, "Oh, uh, what's going on? What, uh, what brings you girls here tonight?" Oh, we're just here to hang out. My friend here's uh, out of town. We're uh, we're just we just wanted to come out and have a quick drink and uh, talk with each other. And I, I said, "Old friends, huh? Any good stories?" And they just both laughed it off. And they and one of them said, "Oh God, we have stories." And I said, "Oh, you got to tell me at least one." And somehow I got one of the girls to tell me about the time she did a cement mixer. And now for the uninitiated, and a reminder for the, uh, the veterans out there, a cement mixer is one shot of lime juice and one shot of Baileys. Or you can do a layer shot with that. That's totally up to you. And you throw that in your mouth, swish it around in your mouth, and the lime juice causes the Baileys to curdle. And it's disgusting. And it's more of a bar prank than anything else. And she uh, she did the motions where she took the two shots, and I got to see both of her hands. No rings on e- either one of them. Mission accomplished. I went and told the guy that asked, and he didn't do anything. He didn't try to hit on him or, uh It was just pretty – I think he was – after I let him off his shift, because he was a server, I let him off at 9 o'clock uh and uh i think he's just tried to stay with an eye shot and give off the vibe, you know. And you know, show off the goods, make them uh want to come to him or something like that. Never happened. They were showed absolutely no interest in him. But one night took me for a real shock because I had these two girls that worked in a nearby corporate restaurant and they came in. I'm uh i, I to see me, I think. Maybe I, I'm not arrogant enough to th- think, yeah, definitely. They came in to see me because t- cacao, look at this, but, uh, no, I I can't, I, I feel bad for even saying that right now, but, uh, they'd come in and they sit at the bar and talk with me. We'd, uh, we'd have a good time. Um, uh, but there were times where one of them, cute girl, short, uh, blonde, curly hair, beautiful blue eyes, curvy. and but, um, uh she got a little tipsy and decided she wanted to kiss me. She's Anthony, come here. And I go, "Yeah, what's up?" And she grabbed me by the uh grabbed me by the shirt and pulled me over for a kiss. And as nice as it was, I felt the need to pull away from her just because uh you know, I felt bad she was drunk and I didn't want to feel like I was taking advantage of a girl like that. So, you know, that's how stupid I am around women. I probably had a a huge, big fucking neon sign for an opportunity right then and there to get laid that night. But I didn't take it because she was too drunk. And I don't want to be that drunken mistake where she wakes up the next morning, turns over, sees me there and goes, oh, God, what happened last night? That would completely kill my self-esteem. And I don't want to have that uncomfortable moment where she goes, okay, so, uh, yeah, I got to get to work, so uh, I, uh, I'm going to go get ready so you can uh, leave whenever you want, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll see you another time, and, you know, bye. And then the door slams, and then she, uh, you know, put, plants her back up against the wall, rolls her eyes over her head, and says, oh, God. And, you know, I never wanted that to happen to me, even though that, you know, might not have happened and i'm just thinking of every stereotypical rom-com there was out there where something like that happens in the last year we've had so many challenges the hospitality community has shown we are able to adapt and bring new ideas for both guest experiences and industry standards united states bartenders guild and diageo have also reimagined the world-class bartending competition creating for the first time ever a virtual week-long event that anyone over 21 is invited to attend. Visit www.diageobaracademy.com and you will be able to watch the top 50 bartenders compete in fierce and exciting challenges to represent the United States at the global finals in Madrid, Spain, July 2021. There will also be more than a dozen events including expert-led panels by talent from around the world. One contender will be crowned the 2021 U.S. Bartender of the Year at the Big Announcement Event on April 6th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Register now at www.diagiobaracademy.com That's D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. Hey, bartender! But a lot of customers out there want to kiss their bartender. There were tons of guys out there that wanted to kiss the female bartenders I worked with. And for some of the female servers, it only maybe happened every once in a while for me where, uh, you know, something, something like that would happen. Uh, it was, uh, that cute blonde girl. Then there was this other girl that was, uh, she, uh, come up to me and asked me for a kiss and I'm like, ah, that's okay. She wasn't hard to look at, but I didn't want to do it. And, uh, but she's like, oh, come on, just a uh, quick kiss on the cheek. I said, all right, fine. And I go in for a kiss on the cheek, and immediately she turns her face for a kiss on the lips. Uh, That happened once or twice. Same girl, though. Um, And that made me a little bit uncomfortable. But uh, have you, you know, uh, just giving up the uh, whole opportunity uh, of, uh, I think back on it now, and I keep, keep thinking, I had a few opportunities out there, but I never took them. I was in relationships, uh, part of my bartending career, but, uh, I never, you know, where it was just the, uh, the drunken girl that just all of a sudden just grabs, grabs a hold of me. And I, I got nervous about that sort of thing. And I mean, there's probably a handful of you male bartenders out there right now. They're going, Oh, come on, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Well, like I told you before, earlier in the show, I, I was, that was just the way I was raised. I didn't take advantage of women. I didn't uh, do anything, uh, do anything like that without express permission. Or they basically hit me over the head with a two by four saying, Hey, I like you. Let's do something. And I'd be like, Oh, oh, okay, cool. And then wonder, is this a joke? Are they pulling a fast one on me? She lost a bet. Didn't she? Yeah. That's how bad my self-esteem is. There were a couple times where uh, I sat back and thought, maybe they are interested, but they did come in with a guy, uh, and, and so I can't make any movements on it, where some of my co-workers, they, uh, they just saw a pretty girl, and they were just like, all over that. Uh, if their boyfriend wasn't with them that night, game on. But since I knew the customers, I didn't want to have to deal with his, what, are you fool around with my girl? You uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to have to deal with that and uh the uh the times where I thought there was a possibility that a girl might be interested it's like when I would do something behind the bar that uh you know do my personal bar tricks I wasn't a flare bartender because every bar I worked at the ceilings were too low to do anything interesting except you know maybe just a Shallow flip or multiple bottles in one hand—that uh, that sort of thing. I remember uh, one girl; uh, she uh, she asked for a Long Island iced tea, and I grabbed the vodka, gin, rum, uh, triple sec in both hands, two bottles each hand. Poured all four liquors all at once, and then slammed them down into the back into the well. And she turned to her friend. And she goes, "I love it when he does that." And I was like, "Ooh, really." But your boyfriend is over there playing pool. Okay, never mind. But there was one time, one time I will admit this is the first time I've admitted this, and you know, and I was, you know, I keep it quiet from uh, all my friends and family. But then all of a sudden, I want to tell all my uh, podcast listeners about this. But it's time about time I got it off my chest. There's this one time I'd just broken up uh, with my girlfriend. I was in a bad place. I was uh, depressed. I was angry. I was, uh, you know, it was, you know, things were moving too fast. I tried to slow it down, but sh- uh, she took that as I was only using her. And I tried to calm her down, and it didn't work because uh, sh- I keep not saying this about all women, but I've the times that I've tried to tell a woman to calm down ended very poorly. But a couple weeks, maybe a month after, uh, we I decided, okay, I'm done with this, Uh, because basically I ghosted her after the stuff she uh, she said to me uh, in our uh, in that last encounter. Uh, I started ghosting her. I wasn't going to answer the phone anymore. I, you know, because what she said was hurtful. And you know, about a month after that, I was taking a vacation from work and my day job. And my and Barb uh, called me up and said, "Hey, listen, I need to go home early. Do you mind covering my shift?" And I was just like, "Well, shit, I'm not doing anything. All right, fine, I'll do it. Waste my vacation day." Um, and make a couple extra bucks, whatever. So I went into the bar and, uh, it was a busy, busy, busy night. And there's this one girl who took an interest to me and was insanely aggressive about it. And I was, you know, aggressive women, kind of fun, but scary at the same time. But, uh, you know, I'm, you know, trying to work and, uh, she's, uh, she's like, Hey, what are you doing? Uh, and then, you know, trying to, uh, trying to grab me, pinch me, uh, slap me in the ass and I'm like, okay, okay. That's, that, that's good. Thanks. Uh, and then even one point where she, uh, pulled me, uh, behind, uh, back into the office, which was right off the bar, uh, just to make out with me. And and, I let it happen for a few seconds, but I was just like, okay, okay. That's good. Thanks. Thanks uh and she uh propositioned me to go, come over to her place right after that and i was like well i got to close the bar so you know uh uh i'll i'll let you know give me your number and uh, we'll we'll see what happens now like i told you aggressive women kind of scare me sort of and uh so i was actually thinking There's no way she's going to be awake by the time I'm done cleaning up the bar. Well, by the time I was almost done cleaning up the bar, she had called the bar because I didn't give her my number. She called the bar and said, so are you coming over or what? And something in my head, I'm sorry, ladies, if this comes off as uh, sounding like a pig, but something in my head thought, why not? You know, I just got out of a bad relationship and maybe this will, take me out of this funk that I feel like I'm in. So, uh, and she seemed okay. Like I said, a little bit aggressive. I'm not going to go into the gory details, but I did go over to her apartment. And you know, we sat and talked for a little bit. And then one thing progressed to another. And without going into the gory details about it, ladies and gentlemen, it didn't work for me because, you know, I, and part of me, uh, yes, felt bad because it was going to be a one-night stand. Uh, once I left her apartment, I said, I, I'm, I can't handle this woman. The, the, it's going to take a better man than me to be able to handle that. Because, honestly, I don't think you should walk away from sex bruised and bleeding. And, uh, you know, that's just my preference. Some people are into that, but not me. Uh, and you know uh, you know the and embarrassing hickeys on your neck and I don't care what anybody says a frozen spoon does not take a hickey off your neck and uh you know parts of me where she bit a little bit too hard and uh you know blood basically was drawn yeah that was uncomfortable and kind of scary but the next time I talked to her on the phone which was the day the night after I went to my day job and uh, spent the whole day at work. And as I was driving home, she gave me a call and she asked if I wanted to come over again. And I said, listen, uh, you're a great girl. You're really pretty, but I can't handle you uh, uh, because I know you like to bite. You like to scratch. You like to leave marks in general. And that's just not my speed. I'm sorry. I can't do that. And, uh, and she said, well, I can probably calm down a little. And I said, listen, it's, uh, it's probably going to end, uh, end badly anyway. Uh, you know, stay in touch, come into the bar, say hi every once in a while, uh, please. But, uh, I don't see this relationship progressing any farther. And she took it well. Uh, I was scared she was going to go off on me saying that I just used her for sex or something like that when she completely instigated everything I swear to God with my hand on the Bible she instigated everything but the point is she understood I uh I can't I don't want to say I let her down easy because that makes it sound like is like yeah she's she's going to be wanting this later and no I don't think like that but uh you know it it was a tough conversation cuz I'd never talk to anybody like that usually uh the girls broke up with me or ghosted me and this time i actually did the breakup so it was new territory for me oh anyway enough about that it is break time for me ladies and gentlemen time for me to go stand outside have a smoke get a breath of uh, fresh air while smoking and uh have a ice cold coca-cola and then get back to work but until then I'd like to introduce this week's musical guest. Coming to us from Ontario, Toronto, uh, from their album 246, this is Ron Hawkins and the Do Good Assassins with their single Teenage Insurrection. That's on tape. Yeah. Oh, what? You're recording? <laughs> <laughs> Your default disposition don't want to know Enacted surgical precision just to make it so Cause there's a natural selection, we're chained to the world Just like a teenage insurrection, it's inevitable Oh, shut up So put your back in it. Every. From their album 246, that was Rob Hawkins and the Duke Good Assassins with their single Teenage Insurrection. If you want to find out more about them, head on over to Bandcamp.com. Uh, you can listen to more of their music or check out some other stuff that you might like. They've got all sorts of music out there sorted by genre that you can go in and I'm you're bound to find something you like. I'm always finding great stuff to have on this show. So, uh, once again, that was Rob Hawkins and the do good assassins. Go check them out on bandcamp.com. You want to know how nice of a guy I am. This is how nice of a guy I am. Uh, it doesn't have to happen that much anymore. Uh, in fact, I won't let it happen. Uh, it's probably one of the reasons why I keep a lot of people at, a uh, arm's length, but, uh, the uh, mo- you know, mostly because of social anxiety. Any- anyway, uh, there's one girl i would met in the bar. Uh, she, uh, she was really nice, pretty. And, uh, she, uh, I didn't know a whole lot about her, but she and I ended up becoming somewhat friends and, uh, m- yeah, friends with benefits. I, uh, I all, okay. Yes, I will admit it. We were friends with benefits and after a while, uh, we, uh, we'd only see each other every once in a while and, uh, but then came a day where she said, uh, I'm a little short on my, uh, on my bills this week. Can you loan me 50 bucks? And I, you know, I had a day job and I was bartending. I thought I can spare 50 bucks. Yeah, sure. Why not? And uh, so I, I lent her the 50 bucks and, At that point in time in my life, I sat back and thought, 50 bucks is there. There's an old rule that I've heard said by many people that says never loan money that you're going to miss. And at that time, I thought 50, 50 bucks was a good cap. Don't loan any more than 50 bucks. And so she'd take that money and then she was able to pay her bills, rent, whatever. And then a few weeks later, it would be hey i'm a little short can you loan me a couple more bucks and then i'd uh just 20 bucks and i'd be like well okay here's 20 bucks over time i started realizing uh there was a point in time where i didn't see her because uh she moved to a different town or uh i moved to a different town and you know we still see each other uh, when I go uh go home for the holiday, and you know we uh we'd go hang out for a little bit, and then all of a sudden the uh the uh question came up. Hey, listen, I'm having a lot of trouble this Christmas season, I could really use some help. Do you do you mind if I borrow two hundred bucks? And of course, me saying, well, it's fucking Christmas, so all right, why not? And she, oh, thank God, now I can go out and buy. Christmas presents for my son. You saved my ass, and I said, "Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's all right. Consider that two hundred bucks a Christmas present for me." And she was like, "Oh, thank you so much." And she kept asking for more and more money, and I eventually got to the point where I was like, "You know, you say borrow all the time. Can I borrow fifty bucks? Can I borrow twenty-five bucks? Can I borrow one hundred and fifty bucks?" I haven't seen any of that money back and we've known each other for how long now? And she said, "Yeah, I know, but I'm just trying to, you know, get things together and uh, you know, try to and I'll pay you back. Uh, it won't be all at once, but I'll pay you back eventually. Just, you know, keep track." And then one day I sat back and I started thinking about it. And I said, "Every time she calls me now, it's she's asking for money. She never calls. Hey, how you doing? Uh, actually, it wasn't even a phone call. It was a text message. She never texts me. Hey, how you doing? We never had a conversation uh, on the telephone. And uh, and I, then I started realizing. I read through the text messages that she and I throw back together, uh, throw back and forth, and every time she instigated a conversation, it usually was me that instigated the conversation. Uh, every time she'd text me was, I'm short on cash this week. Can you loan me some money? And I then I thought, well, Christ, in the time that I've known her, how much money have I loaned her? And plus or minus a few bucks, I started realizing I've lent her like 2500 bucks. And I sat back and I said, this is stopping right now. And so I t- uh, next time she texts me, instead of telling her, no, I'm not going to lend you money anymore, I actually took the chicken shit way out and said, oh, I'm really short on cash myself this week. I can't. I'm so sorry. And she goes, oh, it's okay. I'll find another way. And uh, then I wouldn't hear from her for a few weeks. And then sure enough, the ne- uh, after a couple of weeks, she'd say, hey, I'm really short on cash this week. Uh, can I uh, can I borrow some money to pay for my cell phone? And uh, I said, I'm really short, too. I'm having some uh, financial issues. I can't do it. Once again, took the chicken shit way out. And she said, well, okay, that's totally cool. Uh, uh, I, I understand. And so eventually, uh, she, she stopped texting me for a little while. The next time she asked me for money, I t- didn't text her back. And it was, uh, it was another text. Look, I'm a little short on my cell phone bill this week. Can you help me out? And I ghosted her. I was just like, this is the only way I'm going to get out of this. But she played on my heartstrings when she said, okay, I understand that I've uh, uh, you've loaned me tons of money and you're getting tired of it, but you know, keep sending me jokes like you have been because they really helped me out through my day. And, you know, I'd send her stupid memes or uh, song lyrics or something like that that were ironically funny at the time. And uh, uh, finally, uh, the last interaction we had, I had just broken up with another girlfriend. It was, it, I don't even know if it would be considered a girlfriend because we never made it official. We never changed our Facebook status. We never. Uh, I never met her friends. She never met any of mine. And, uh, but I just broke up with somebody and uh, all of a sudden she comes out of nowhere. And she, uh, she's like, I, I happened to be in Oregon at the time. And she said, I didn't, uh, she noticed from a Facebook post that I put up that it said that I was in the Portland area. And she said, I didn't know you were in town. Why didn't you tell me? And it's, well, I, you know, been really busy. Well, she then she said, "Well, we should hang out. When are you? When are you free?" And I said, "Well, I'm at work training right now, and I don't know when I'm going to have much time because I got a lot of studying I got to do." Fearing the question that was just about to come up, and like reminder, she and I had been friends since I was a bartender, which had been a long time by this point. And, you know, I'm sitting there, I, I'm having anxiety attacks because of the breakup. I'm depressed. I'm, you know, I'm I'm just having all sorts of problems. And then she, I said, okay, listen, when, when I, if I have time this week, because, uh, you know, I'll be at school this day and I'm going to be hanging out with my family this day. I gave her my schedule and she's like, okay, totally cool. Just let, let me know when you're free. And then not a half hour later, she sent me a text message that said, hey, listen, I'm a little bit short on rent this week. Can you loan, lend me $150? And at that second, uh, I uh, blocked her on my cell phone. I blocked her on social media. I deleted her from my cell phone so there would be no temptation to ever call her uh, or send her a text message. And I erased everything because I was tired of it. I was unable to say no to this girl, just flat out. No, stop borrowing money from me. And, uh, I just, I'd had enough. And that was, I figured that was going to be the only way out. It was just to be, just cut her off completely. And, uh, I'm sure if, uh, like I said, she and I were just friends with benefits. And we never met each other's friends. And, and we and for a long time too. That's weird, but uh, I'm sure my friends would have uh, told me a couple thousand dollars ago, completely cut her off because she's just using you for your, uh, for money. And but I did it all on my own. I just sat back and said enough. Probably uh, the breakup that I had with uh, with the girl that I had just been dating uh, had a lot to do with it, because. Uh, I really hadn't seen. Uh, I really hadn't seen the other girl that was borrowing money from me for months, uh, and uh, because you know, I are probably close to a year, and just because I'm I live in a different uh, different state, and plus I was in a, uh, what I thought was a relationship for a few months, so I really hadn't had any business with her, but then out of nowhere, as if like no time had passed, she asked for $150 to pay her rent. And I said, no, done, not going to happen again. Well, I, yeah, I did say no, but uh, but then that's when I started uh, blocking her and all that stuff so she wouldn't text me, and I erased all of her information so I couldn't text her. Uh, now, there are times where I sit back and I wonder how she's doing, if she's doing okay. uh I, if she's uh, financially stable, if she, uh, you know, if she has a good job now. Uh, but I and ultimately, I sit back and think it's uh, healthier for me to just completely cut her out of my life. And because I don't make as much money as I did when I bartended. Anyway, people, that is last call. Last call for alcohol. Come on up to the bar. I'll set you up something nice. Uh. First of all, I got to thank Rob Hawkins and the Do Good Assassins for letting me use their single "Teenage Insurrection." Remember to go check them out on Bandcamp. They got a lot of great stuff. I also need to thank Let's Turn Up on Instagram for letting me, well, whether they knew it or not, uh, use their drink, Drunk Gator. If you want to go check out more of their stuff, they got some pretty cool uh, drinks and stuff on their Instagram page. Go to at Let's Turn Up on Instagram. I never should have ate before I started recording this podcast. Let's turn up on Instagram and go check out their stuff. They got, uh, got some pretty cool stuff pictured on there. And also always, I need, uh, need to thank more often Laura Hope and the Arctones tones for the theme song for Hey Bartender podcast fits my show so well. Thank you so much for letting me use it. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the show. So, you know, uh, whatever you do out there, I hope you have a good day at work. Uh, remember, customers are just born jerks. Uh, not all of them. Some of them are actually really, most of them are actually really cool, but you do get the occasional Karen out there. But just remember, Hey Bartender Podcast wishes all of you lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. I think I need another- what do you mean it's last go? I just got hit!